2: Welcome back to the Stateside Podcast. My name is James, and to the left of me is my tasty friend and co-host of the show. Alan Ashcraft. There he is. I'm going to start calling you my tasty friend.
3: Okay, yeah.
2: <laughs> Almost implying that I'm going to eat you. Which right. Is
3: super weird. Or just, even worse, only taste me. Yeah, just Not even you. take bites out of me. Like a salt lick.
2: Yeah. Um, speaking of tasty, we have a very delicious and tasty guest tonight, <laughs> don't we, Alan? We do. Woo! We have Ryan from the band Throw the Fight. Uh, say hi to the world, Ryan.
4: Hey, what's up? That was a great segue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you yeah, guys g- nailed it. <laughs> king of segues.
2: Uh, not, not the goofy ass things that you can ride either. <laughs> Whatever happened to those anyway? Is that a thing? What?
3: The Segway? Oh, one, uh. The one wheeled thing? No, now I think it's the, it's the, like the newer version are those, uh, those little hoverboards that all the old people are busting their asses on. Yeah. Yep. I don't even know what they're actually called, but you know, there's a wave of them. You can get, uh, the soup. I think you can get one for like 50 bucks on Amazon. It's, it's a piece of shit, but yeah. And it's going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It They look, yeah, they look super difficult. Have you ever been on one of those, Ryan?
4: No, I haven't, but I'm sure it's a matter of time before the kids start asking for one. Exactly.
3: I'm sure. Yep. <laughs> and then dad tries
4: it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Ends up on,
3: on fail army on YouTube. That's
4: right. <laughs> How many kids do you have, Ryan? I have two. Nice. I have uh, my son's two and my daughter is six. Wow! Fantastic. That's well, that's crazy. tough
2: being in a a full time rock band and being a parent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Man, someone's got to. It's all do good it.
4: though. We've all got kids. Like James, our singer, he's got two little ones, and uh, Jeff, our drummer my brother, he's got one on the way. Chris has a a six year old as well, too. So, yeah, we're all like daddy, daddy rock, rock camp for dads or whatever you want to call it.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Have you ever heard of the documentary, The Other F Word?
4: No. Mm -mm.
2: It's a a documentary about guys in bands.
4: Oh, the punk bands. Like bad religion and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Bad religion,
2: uh, rancid guitar player, rancid. I haven't seen it, whatever. I
4: feel like.
3: Yeah, it's actually (laughs) really good. Fat Mike from NoFX. Okay. What is the other F word? Is it it family? Father. Oh, father. Father.
2: But it's done really well. It's like, it's not corny at all. And um, it's very realistic too. And I think that. Is it on Netflix? I don't remember where I saw it. It might Mm be. It it seemed pretty easy to find. That's awesome. Yeah. I highly recommend it. And you know, I got to keep in mind, those guys have been touring for fucking ever. Yeah. Yep. long
3: time. As long as we've been kids. So long. Yep. Uh, so Ryan, are you still in Minnesota? Yep, Minneapolis. Awesome, that is killer. What uh, what's yeah. the what's the weather like there? Is the temperature pretty low.
4: Yeah, it's not. Well, it was like twenty today, but it's been in Jeez. the forties the last couple days. So oh, weird. People are like, you know, walking out, busting out the shorts and stuff like yeah. that. You know? Oh my god!
3: <laughs> Good lord, that's so funny. Yeah, the weather around here has been. Um,
2: warm lately yeah like
3: like typical in terms of like how gloomy and stuff it is but not not like just not cold enough to wear like thermals and like flannels and stuff it's this weird kind of in between it's making me think our summer is going to be a scorcher i
4: agree yeah that's kind of what it's been like here too it's it's kind of been a lot of the same stuff so you know global warming in action for you i guess yeah (laughs)
2: that's what i've been thinking like is it ever going to go back You know, is this, this is the new one.
4: We're We're all
3: fucked. Yeah. (laughs) Just a a stopwatch has been started.
2: It used to snow in the Portland area every year, at least a few times.
3: Oh yeah. Like legitimately snow. We had a horrendous winter, uh, two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. People were just Mm -hmm. sleeping in their cars. Took me six hours to get home from work, which is typically like a 30 to 40 minute drive. Jesus. Yeah, Yeah. It was, and I had just gotten, I had my, my first forerunner. It was a 2016 and, uh. I had it for, at that point, two weeks, oh. and I just had all of these close calls, which is demolishing this two-week-old car. That's great. All because of the snow.
4: <laughs> See, and we, we like get a ton of snow like that here, but I feel like it's just happening less and less frequently. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: Which is cool. I mean, nobody likes having to get around in the snow, and as you get older, it it becomes more cumbersome. It's not... You don't see snow and think snowball fight. You're just like I'm going to die on my way to work.
4: <laughs> exactly. Totally. I know. It works out nice too cuz I work from home, so it, like it's it's awesome too cuz every time we get dumped on I'm um, like god, I don't have to leave the house today.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's actually a perfect segue cuz I wanted to ask about uh, not only do you do the band stuff, but you uh you're a graphic designer as well.
4: Yep, do graphic design and web design.
3: That's awesome. So what um I mean, can you can you talk about it just a little bit? Maybe talk about some projects you just wrapped or ones you're working on that you are able to talk about now?
4: Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh yeah, for me it's like art and music and design, they've always kind of gone hand in hand. So I do a lot of like web design for bands and and a lot of like album art and merch designs. Basically all the same stuff that that you do, Alan. You know, a lot of the the same shit. But um yeah, just doing a lot of like a lot of like just branding stuff, like web designs and like email funnels and and uh, stuff like that. Like I really geek out on all the tech shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like email marketing and everything like that. That's kind of like like my little niche. So um, yeah, that's that's kind of like where I'm trying to like find my sweet spot. And and honestly, like I'm trying to get away from doing a lot less client work and shift more towards like products and stuff like that, like oh, okay. online courses and, and things like that too. So that's kind of been like a big focus for me uh, within like the last few months.
3: That's smart because the, there's so much with, within the market of, you know, uh, just the typical band logo or album artwork or t-shirt design. It, that market is so heavily saturated and the, the competition yeah. is, is borderline out of control right now.
4: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great artists out there. So, I mean, I think to differentiate yourself, you really have to, you know, think of just like providing above and beyond that type of value and and really kind of, you know, be able to help artists and whoever it is that your ideal audience is, you know, help them out in just multiple different ways and, and different facets, you know, and kind of like, you know, just kind of like, I don't know, just, just kind of differentiate yourself that way. But yeah, it's, it's tough, man. There's a lot of competition. I don't even like to think of it as competition. Cause really like you're in, who are you in competition with other than like yourself, you know, right, but it's yeah. just like, um, it, there's no shortage of, you know, people who do great work out there. So yeah, I'm always kind of asking myself, like, what can I do to kind of like learn new skills and kind of just like keep things fresh and, and, uh, do things that way. I'm a big fan of like, Skillshare and like online classes and stuff like that. I feel like I'm always like <laughs> on on that stuff and, and trying to pick up new stuff. Yeah,
3: that's that's super smart. That's something that I've been trying to I lie to myself all the time. I'm just like, all right, I'm going to take less client work and just invest in myself and go hit the Skillshare thing. Learn a little bit like uh, Illustrator has always been like the bane of my existence. I don't I don't understand that program. Mm-hmm. Um as well as I understand Photoshop. So I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta beef up those skills. And then I just, you know, I get hit up by somebody to do something that, you know, isn't even that much money, but I'm like, I know that so well. And I would rather just put my time into, into doing that because learning is so uncomfortable. It's a tough thing to like, to get yourself out there. But I know that in the end, like in the long run, that would be ideal for me. I think it would be, I could sustain a little more growth that way. And probably be more successful financially as well.
4: Yeah, totally. Well, and, and the other thing too, it's like, you know, with client work, it's you're, you're one of one, you know, there's only so many hours in a day, you know, and it's like, it's really hard to scale that too. So that's kind of what I, I, I don't know, I've just really been behind this whole thing of like trying to do something once and find a way to like scale it a lot better and bigger to be able to like have a bigger impact and help more people that way. And uh, so that's kind of been like a big focus of mine within like the last few months that uh, I'm kind of moving towards. So we'll see how it goes. You know, it's kind of like an experiment at this point, but I'm still doing a lot of client work like as I transition that.
3: Yeah, no, that's that's a good point, because what you're talking about with the scalability, that's also how you with with what you're talking about specifically in terms of like if you put together some sort of a, a tutorial or like a course on a. A course on Photoshop or whatever you're comfortable with, um, then you're you're potentially dealing with passive income as well, because yeah. then it's just hosted on a site. People can download it. I don't know how like payments and stuff work with Skillshare, but it's still it's a product that's up on the Internet. And as you're sleeping, people are downloading it, paying for it, whatever.
4: It's awesome. Yeah, yeah.
3: that's the move, man. Yep. Got to get in on that. I got to quit doing these twenty five dollar logos for crust punk bands. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pay a <laughs> goddamn mortgage on that. <laughs> yeah, forget Jeez. that. No.
2: no crust punk. <laughs> yeah. crust I was trying to think, punk. what is the
3: smallest, like shittiest? Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah I know when we had <laughs> Finn on the show, some of the genre like the subgenres that he talks about. Yeah. I, I have no idea, just not in my head. You know, like uh what was some of the shit he was talking about? Fuck. I don't know. What was the know. one that you
3: mentioned? It was like uh something metal. Yeah, within metal there was like uh speed thrash and bleeding metal those
2: bleeding three. metal
3: yeah which but i still don't what know what bleeding nothing. metal was
2: it's nothing is the answer to your question but then yeah <laughs>
3: my big complaint for was shit speed and thrash i mean those are the same thing you know i'm yeah, sure there's yeah. somebody out there that would would disagree and could break it down in some huge way but i yeah it's the they same they could shit. but they shouldn't you know what i mean yeah no for sure right yeah better ways to spend <laughs> your time absolutely
2: so so ryan w- we know who you are and and all that good stuff but assume that the audience listening at home has no idea who you are could you do just a quick uh just a quick bio on what you know the band and where where you guys come from how long you've been a band and all that good stuff
4: yeah um i play guitar in a band called throw the fight we're out of minneapolis we're like a hard rock i don't even know how to describe it i like when people ask us what we are i I just say hard rock it's like uh yeah it's the best safe description yeah, totally. Some of the tunes are hard rock, some of it's metalcore, some of it's not, you know, it's, it's, uh, but we've been going at it for quite a while, like 16 years, I think, at this point. Damn. And uh, that's kind of how I met Alan is our, our bands toured together, you know, many years ago. And uh, yeah, we still love doing it, still putting out music and, you know, doing the band thing in addition to, you know, daddy duty and and working jobs and doing you know that whole thing but um yeah yeah it's fun we love it
2: that's great so you're i mean i love that because you're, you're an example of probably the the more reality version of someone that's been in a, a, a long-term band for that long yeah. you know i think a lot of people who don't do this think that you're either all in and you're a fucking rock star or you're all out and you're working some joe job like, no, there's yeah. a whole lot in and between there. That's the there. thing.
4: Like, that, that's what's nice about it is like, you can define what success is to you. you Absolutely. Know? So for, for us, like, just being able to do it and then not have all the band shit come out of our own pockets, like, that is a win, you know, in fuck. and of itself. Yeah, you know? dude. So it's like,
2: oh, there's kids fuck. listening to the show right now, Ryan, that that's all they want. Yeah. You know, the idea of having any funding and any help at all even just to have one person as a booking agent, like that, that's everything for people.
4: Right. Totally. Totally. So yeah, I agree yeah. with you, man. And, and and the thing for us is, you know, we just like, see that, like when we were coming up, you know, in the early two thousands, like, you know, YouTube and, and all of that stuff, all these like opportunities to learn all of this stuff. It wasn't there yet. It was just mm-hmm. all in its like infancy. So now even more so like the sky is the limit. Like, there's no boundaries, there's no rules, you know, like you could have a kick-ass band and blow up and never even play a single show and leave your house, you know? I mean, there's yeah. there's so many cool opportunities to get your music out there and build a fan base and, and be creative. Um, you know, people just need to think outside the box and, and hustle and, you know, build those habits, I think.
2: Absolutely. Are you guys signed at this point?
4: Not right now, no. Because
3: you were part of... What's the label? You guys were with Bullet Tooth, right?
4: Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, no, uh, we're not on Bullet Tooth anymore. At the time, we needed, uh, before we did our last record, we had one more album to do with them, but we asked to get let go because they were, at the time, they were kind of renegotiating their deal with their distribution company. And it just made more sense for us to, asked to get let go while they were figuring it out because you know how that legal stuff goes it just takes forever so instead of like tying us up in red tape while that happened uh we just funded the record ourselves between that and our fans like doing a crowdfunding campaign and now we're shopping those new masters around uh trying to get a new deal and if it works out great and if not we'll end up you know self-releasing it ourselves um Mm -hmm. in the next few months probably
3: very cool that's awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. benefits to, to self-releasing as well. Oh, you hell know, yeah. It definitely. Totally. It simplifies the process. And, you know, at a point where uh, shit's not selling like it used to anyway, it's, it's kind of one of those things that being on a label might not really help. It, it's so hard right. to know. You know, it's hard to know unless you're able to do one path and then hop in a time machine and then do it the other way. But, yeah. uh, you know, you kind of just take your best guess.
4: Yeah. I mean, we've been pretty lucky the, the the label deals we've done in the past have have been good for us and they've, they've helped out a lot and opened some doors. Um, but, you know, now it's like the way that I look at it is a label is a value add. It's not a necessary thing. So if, you know, I, th- I think if, if you can't find a right label, who's going to, you know, open some doors and get you beyond what you could do beyond the scope that you could do yourself, you know, then you got to ask yourself, does it really make sense to do that? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's kind of where we're at right now.
3: Yeah, no, very true.
0: It's so also we're just trying to
4: like crank out more singles and stuff like that. It's kind of like uh, the, the model for us right now is we're trying to put out a lot less stuff more frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we've got this album that's finished in our back pocket that we're kind of sending around. And in the meantime, we're dropping singles from like separate recording sessions that we're cranking out here in Minneapolis.
2: Right. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. You have a new single coming out on the 11th, right? Three days from today. This Friday. Yep. Awesome. Um, I signed up for the pre-release of that on Spotify, I believe. Sweet. So people can go do that. Yeah. I know it's on your Instagram account, right?
4: Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's on mine on the band's page.
2: Um, what say your Instagram account for people?
4: Uh, it's it's my name, Ryan Boustert. And then uh, people can find the band, Throw the Fight MN. Cool. Or ThrowtheFight.com. Fantastic.
3: Where'd you guys uh, record at?
4: Uh, we did the album at Think Loud in York, PA with uh, Carson Slovak and Grant McFarland. Oh, that's right. And I then,
3: already knew that. Uh, cool.
4: Yeah. And then those guys are rad. And then here in Minneapolis, we work with um, Ian Combs out of uh, River Rock. So he's another great producer here locally. That's awesome, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, I remember the song. What was the song? You guys covered that. Um, What's the fucking name of that song? I just died in your arms tonight. Was that you guys that did that? Yeah, that yeah, was like that was a, a long time ago, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, that was like five or five or six years ago,
2: maybe. Pretty fucking rad, though.
4: Might even been longer.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a sick cover. Dude, Thanks. you guys covered a Cutting Crew song.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. I knew the name of that band.
2: Fucking
4: Cutting <laughs> Crew, bro.
3: How much? How much deliberation went into what you guys uh, to what song you guys cover?
4: Um, you know that one. At the time, it was one of those tunes that we were playing live, and people really dug it. So when we did that record, um, "What Doesn't Kill Us," it was kind of like a no-brainer to put it on the album at the time the producer we were working with didn't want to do it but I'm glad we ended up you know talking them into it because it's ended up <laughs> being like one of our more popular tracks um but yeah I mean like now like we did that I think we did a we did a Sean Mendez cover a couple years ago and it just you know doing covers and putting your own spin on them is just fun you know it's 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 fun and it's uh it just kind of helps. Kind of just increase the reach like organically a little bit too, you know.
3: Yeah, it. Keeps fresh. Uh, when I see how successful that can be, it it makes it really hard to blame uh, our last night for for what they do, which I feel like they get a lot of flack for because those just, guys kill it though. Yeah, like, they've got
4: it dialed in. You know. Yeah, I mean, you look at those got... YouTube
3: views, and you're just like, yeah. I mean, I might do that too. What they just yeah. cover a lot. Yeah, they do yeah. a ton of covers. They and they release them often, yeah. and it just gets yeah. insane views.
4: Yeah, I mean, they track the stuff themselves. I think they've got their own studio set up. They, you know, shoot all their own videos. I mean, they're a self-sustaining, you know, machine. They've got it figured out for sure.
3: Yeah, they really do. Super nice guys, too. I know that uh, Across the Sun had done, like, uh, geez, I think we did, like, five or six little, like, off dates from the tour that we were on at the time.
4: that's right. I remember, yeah, you guys toured with them. Yeah, Yeah. we, like,
3: broke off, and it was... uh, it was the Atticus like Young Guns two tour or something. I, I can't remember, but uh, yeah, they yeah. were they were killer. Attila was on that, and nice. um, yeah, super nice guys.
2: Oh, do you yeah.
3: do you have any plans for touring
4: after? Any uh, of this not new music? right now, but um, we definitely want to uh, get out there a lot more when the new record drops. Yeah. You know, for us, it's like. We're trying to get opening spots on just some some larger tours that can kind of put us in front of some bigger crowds. You know, for us, like touring for the sake of touring, we're just not at the point where, sure, you know, we want to be headlining out of our own like main markets and stuff like that um it just doesn't make sense because it's, it's kind of like been there done been there done yeah, that you know totally uh you gotta, driving you gotta across family. the country to play for negative 20 people and and losing your ass it just doesn't it doesn't make sense it's for a, us it's
2: a young man's game
4: yeah yeah totally totally <laughs>
2: it's a very young
4: man's yeah, game. we're not spring chickens anymore so um, I know. we got we try and play it a little more smart. <laughs> well it's funny advice. You know? like people yeah. who tell tell artists to like with their fucking day job and go go on tour I just that's just horrible horrible advice you know it's just it's uh it's easy to say like when you're not the one like putting your finances on the line and and you know like when you're some label dude like sitting behind a desk saying yeah you guys got to go on tour you know it's it's not so easy like when you're the one in the van, you know, but I sound like I'm bitching, you know, I love, I love it. Obviously I love playing live, but it's kind of like, it's, it's a love hate thing. That's, that's for sure.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah. You can bitch. You can, bitch this is a safe, safe space for bitching. Well, I think it's fair too to like,
3: (laughs) it's fair to consider the source because typically the people telling you to do that, if they're a manager, booking agent, there's somebody getting five to 10% on whatever you do. So it's like whether or not you can pay your rent, that's not a concern of theirs. No. It's 100%. how hard can you hit these shows? Because the bigger it goes, then the more you know money that that individual gets. So,
4: yep, hundred percent. But you
3: don't know that when you're younger. You're just like, hey, you know, they said that this is how you got to sacrifice, and that so and so that I look up to, this is how he sacrificed, and yeah. you fall for it, and and you you live and learn.
4: Yeah, totally, hundred percent. I, I mean, always it's say definitely one way to get tight—that's for sure. Playing every day. The, yeah, but,
3: absolutely. So. That might be the yeah. best thing about touring is just kind of not only just the actual life experience but then as a musician you come home more solid than you've ever been
4: yeah there's nothing like it totally yeah that's the one great thing about is those first few days are just like super rough and then by show four or five then you end up just like locking into this groove and you end up just like becoming a machine on the road
3: (laughs) yeah (laughs) so
2: true so being that your your brother is the drummer of the band Can you discuss what it's like being in a band with your brother and the dynamic of having your brother is. Yeah.
4: It's awesome. Jeff and I are um, like complete opposites. So like I'm (laughs) super laid back um, and he, he, Jeff is like the center of attention type guy. So just, he's, he's fucking hilarious. And he's just one of those dudes where like everything he says is, is, is funny. Um, But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's great. Like we've been, Jeff's been in the band for quite a while. I think probably like six or seven years, I think at this point. So maybe even longer. I don't know. We've been doing this so long. It's just like, I can't even keep this stuff. (laughs) I can't even keep it straight anymore. Is he younger (laughs) than you? He is. Yeah. He's, uh, he's 34. Gotcha. That's so cool.
3: It seems like he's been killing it with his, uh, with his it's primarily an apparel line right what he's got going
4: yeah iron and ink yep it's his yeah clothing line. that's yep. sick
3: and how how involved do you get you just kind of help with some of the the graphic stuff or do you have more of a, a presence than that
4: i haven't recently like when they were starting out for the first couple of years i did all of the artwork and a lot of stuff for them yeah and now they're doing more um they're doing more like custom illustration type stuff right, which is right. not my forte. So they're actually like commissioning like actual tattoo artists and stuff like that to Mm. do a lot of the designs for them now at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: uh, Yeah. So they're kind of going more custom stuff. But for a while there, for many years, I was, I was doing the artwork for them.
3: Yeah, man. That's wild.
4: Mm. That's crazy.
3: Yeah. So, I
2: mean, how many, so if you guys have been in a band that long, what, what's some of like the highlight of, of the touring life for you guys? What are some of the bigger... Um,
4: We toured... The biggest tour we've done at this point uh, was with Bullet for My Valentine and Blackfield oh, okay. Riots. Jesus. We uh, So what we did, year would that have been? What era? That was 2013 or 2014. Maybe right, four so they're just on ago.
2: fire around that time.
4: Yeah, Jeez. so it was... Uh, I think we did like six weeks with them throughout the U S and, and Canada. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, that was probably one of the bigger tours that we've done at this point, but yeah, the lot, lot, a lot of big shows and a lot of not big shows and a lot of ups and downs and, and, yeah. uh, you know, you know how it goes. <laughs> totally. Yeah.
2: Well, with two little ones at home, ha- have you had any chance to go out and see any movies? I'm, I'm a huge movie buff. I'm no, I'm always curious. What no, people I mean,
4: unless Unless it's like on Disney and it's animated, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I haven't seen it. <laughs>
2: well, I saw the new uh, Wreck-It Ralph, the Ralph Breaks okay. the Internet.
3: Oh, yeah, I wanted to see that.
2: It's so good. <laughs> is it good? Yeah, it's legitimately good. It was almost one of my movie picks. Okay. I do a movie okay. pick every week and Chris, I almost
4: Christmas did. Chronicles. That's like the most recent one I've seen. Oh, is that
2: uh, uh, Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell,
4: yeah. Yeah, yeah it looked good. pretty
2: terrible. Was it good though? Yeah. It looks really good. Yeah. 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 You, you have to have a different barometer for Christmas movies. Right. Totally. I mean, it's, yeah. they're all fucking cheesy. I mean, come on.
4: Yeah. Yeah. This one's pretty good. Oh, it's, uh, and I've only had to watch it like 30 times at this point. Oh, good. So. That's, that's good.
3: <laughs> it's crazy yeah. how different uh-huh. your life can be when you don't have kids. Cause I'm thinking about the last few movies I watched. Oh yeah. And it's like Kickboxer four, biodome. Right. And I think Shawshank Redemption, like very not kid right. friendly. No. Nope. And it's just me and my not underwear being all. very single and very kid free.
2: <laughs> so your oldest kid is six, you said?
4: Yeah. Yep. That's right.
2: So at what age are you going to start letting your six year old kid watch, say, the Shawshank Redemption?
4: Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I don't know. For I, honestly, I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's know. review some of the topics in that movie, watching. shall we? I, I haven't some, even seen it yet.
2: So. Oh well, I'll tell you. Oh, you haven't seen it. Damn. Well, cool, no. cool,
3: cool, cool, cool. There's
2: forced rape. In yeah. The, okay. Prison rape. Um, what else? We got tons of violence.
3: There's suicide because the, the old guy Brooks he he gets out of prison Brooks doesn't know what here. to do with himself, so he.
2: Super sad. He's institu- institutionalized. Yeah. As he says. Um, that is else? really sad because he's super murder. sweet.
3: Yeah, murder. False, uh,
2: false. What is that called? Imprisonment. Imprisonment. There's also
3: obviously some, um, I guess like racism and, and like prejudice. Yeah, t- lots of you that. You know, because Red can't, uh, did, so, so Morgan Freeman's in the movie, Ryan, since you haven't seen it. And he, he plays a guy mm. named Red, who, so good, by the way. I, yeah, he murders it. It's so My good. My favorite movies of all time. But I think that, uh, from, I think I remember reading that the book, uh, had a character named Red, but he was, um, like an Irish guy. That's why his name was Red. Oh, so he's shit. A, a very white... The Stephen King book. Yes, very ginger kind of oh, guy. Oh, wow. Was but then Morgan... That. that just shows how good Morgan Freeman is. They're like, we'll just change the ethnicity of this character. Right. Because you are fantastic you are, at what you <laughs> do. And he's so good in it. Yeah. Oh, he's he is the movie, in he my opinion. That's right. Yeah. Without him, that movie isn't incredible.
4: Fuck that movie. I'm good. sold. I need to check it out now. Yeah, it's... Just, I mean. Uh,
3: I'm typically the guy that somebody's like shouting a classic at me and I'm like, never even heard of it, but this is one of the few where I was like, all right, let me give it a shot And then for years it was it was just that movie that was over and over it was just on repeat on like TNT or USA, like those old yep. cable channels always on. So I've seen it a billion different times, but uh, yeah yeah, you can't miss with that one. No.
2: no all of those Stephen King books that were made into movies are typically good. Like yeah. Stand By Me, mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies. So good. Fantastic movie. Um, the Green Mile is another one.
4: Oh, Green Mile is Green one Mile. of my favorites. So
2: good. Yeah. Really long, but really good. Yep. What was the other one? Oh, uh, Misery.
3: Remember Misery? I think, is that with... Um with Kathy Bates. Yes, yes. With Kathy Bates. Yes. Yes. Classic. Good call. Man, I'm impressed. Yep. James Khan.
4: That's a classic one. So good. One.
3: I've seen that,
2: but yep. it was forever ago. Remember the uh the way that she keeps him in the bed? Didn't she like break his legs or something?
0: Fuck, yeah. Yeah, dude. she broke his legs, right? Yeah. Broke his knees. What do they yeah, call that-
2: it? Co- cobble- cobbling? Cobbling? Cobbling. Oh, uh, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. What yeah. about
3: uh Ryan the the new uh Spider-Man cuz I see some Spider-Man art on the wall there.
4: I haven't seen it. I didn't even know there was a new Spider-Man. Yeah,
3: it's like Spider Verse or something, James. Oh, apparently
4: it's really good.
3: Yeah, I keep the hearing the animated that one. It's the shit. Is it animated? Yeah, I uh, think. See, I didn't but even know that. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I lose one. track. I feel like Spider-Man. There's okay, like a. Okay, I have to
4: check that there's out. A hundred of. them.
3: Yeah, new Spider-Man all the time. Yeah, I didn't even see the yeah. one with uh, what is it, Andrew Garfield or something? You don't need to. Oh, okay, it's
2: just not worth.
3: Yeah, that. <laughs> that's the amazing Spider-Man, right? Sure. There's
2: no reason that it should have been made. Yeah.
3: There's simply too many
2: Spider-Mans.
3: Yeah, I can't remember who. Yeah, I mean, what? There's too many. It is. It's tough. Yeah, too many comic book stuff in general. Like I, yeah, I have a hard time keeping
4: up with it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Are you a comic book dork, Ryan?
4: I used to be when I was a kid. Not so much anymore. Oh, that like, makes sense. I was the, I was <laughs> the kid like who would buy all the stuff and never read it, put it away with the intention of like selling it 50 years down the road and right. like right making a fortune. You yeah, know, so that. <laughs> That, that was kind of my experience with it, but I, I did that uh, with baseball I cards. Like the art form, you know, it kind of like got me into art and and design oh, okay. in the early years, you know. But um, I've noticed there's not, I,
2: a lot of band guys seem to like comic books. Yeah, there is
3: definitely no, a connection.
2: The, the last guest we had on Lou, oh uh, right, from Palisades, he, yep. he was a huge comic book dork.
3: Yeah, I know. Uh, I think a majority of the guys in issues are that way too. Yep. So we did a like a skate deck for them, and it was all. Um, Kind of comic booky. They were all individual, like superheroes. Mm. And- but see, my, That's I, cool. I
2: wonder though. I really, I got. Uh, what does Brendan Shop say? The Skeptical hippo eyes. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Because I really do wonder if you really like press on them.
3: If, do they actually know the stories? Or right. are they just
2: like yeah, I like comic books.
3: Like, I mean, are I they think like the art. It's got to be hard to know. I don't know. I mean, because some of those, I mean, Spider Man goes back like how many decades? Like, if you go back to the very, very beginning, it's hard to. And if you're somebody like Lou, what did Lou say? He was like 27, 28? Like he's not gonna. Yeah. He he hasn't been into it for
2: no you exactly know, long
3: enough to know like the full. Unless you just go way back full. Yeah, if you go insane with it, I just it.
2: feel like you're a grown ass man. I mean, is there is there really? Is it that captivating to someone that that
3: fucking fucks women and does drugs? And yeah, I mean, does real fun stuff. You would well, I've got, <laughs> I got two things to say to that. One, <laughs> dudes in bands are so not as cool as people think. No, that's so, very no. true. So that makes a ton that's of sense. A huge point. They they want you thinking they're in their tour bus with a bunch of ladies, but that's right. Really, they're just they're reading the newest comic book. Or, oh or, yeah, dude. You know. the first
2: yep. real tour I went on where we were like with other bands. I, I remember thinking that, dude. Yeah. There's a guy in a band. I won't, I won't blow his cover, yeah, but don't out him like every night after they would play. Cause they would open and they're like the second out of four. That was one of those bullshit tours. Way yeah. too many bands. And anyway, he, after they would get done, he would get into his little fucking sweatpants. It was like PJs and put on slippers and like his little nighty shirt that he wore every night. And then would just go in the van and watch shit on his, ta- on his little tablet or whatever. Wow. Like, he'd get cozy time every night.
3: Just as introverted as humanly possible? Yeah. Wow.
2: Hey, let's take a little pause. It says the internet is kind of fucked oh, up. Oh, does it? He's oh, yeah. He's frozen, too. Uh, well, I don't even
3: know what we're talking about. Comic books? Dorks? I think so. Stuff? We Spider-Man? All, I mean, I here's know. the thing, though. This is kind of what I was about to get to. Was uh, I think about some things I'm obsessed with, though. And I'll have moments while I'm in that activity, and I'm like, this is my thing that if I wasn't me, I would make fun of me for. And my, like, my comic book right now yeah. is... Uh, this fucking is like so embarrassing. As I play this video game, I'm just like, "What am I doing?" It uh, and it's massively popular too. It's not it's not Fortnite, but it's Rocket League, which I could probably argue is nerdier than uh, what's it called than F- Fortnite. It's uh, it's called Rocket League. Hmm. So essentially, you're just like a race car, and you're going up against another race car. But instead of racing, you guys are playing soccer, and so you're just trying to get this what? like. Massive like cybernetic soccer ball into the <laughs> other car's goal. Whoa. And you have like that boost, sounds awful. And you yeah, it is <laughs> I don't get it. It's so embarrassing. Like, is it it's on not, l- is it on computer? Uh I I play it on PlayStation, but yeah, you oh, can okay. I, I've played some people that are uh because it's cross platform. I think as far as PlayStation to uh like PC or something. Do you um, have
2: to play people online or is it
3: you don't have to. You can you can play the computer. You can even have like three or four computer cars like against you just to try to like be outnumbered weird. and train yourself. But I always play online and it's gotcha. uh gotcha. It's weird, man. It's weird how serious I take it and like I will get uh yeah. I mean I've rage quit a couple Oh that times. was me with Red Dead Redemption too. <laughs> yeah it's yeah the new Red Dead made me just like insane. But see with Red Dead you're playing something that just came out looks fantastic is an immersive experience. I'm playing like it's just, it's a it's a game for, like, I feel like this would be at, like, a state prison somewhere. It's just, like, yeah. the only game they have, and it's in the corner, and inmates fight over it. But you're, like, super it. into it. Yeah, it's, like, it's super not even it. really all that fun. Right,
2: right, right, right. And right. on top
3: of that, for me, it's my thing that if people walk in on me playing it, it's, like... It's like you're, you're caught jacking off. It's, yeah, it's the dirtiest, yeah. most, like, embarrassing thing. Oh, no, they now they know. There's just nothing cool about it. Dude, I have...
2: Okay, since we're being real with each other here. Yeah. This is the this the tree of safety. Yeah. Okay. So something I've been doing lately, yeah. I've been watching YouTube videos of gamers playing, you know, like the streaming dudes. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a game called Rust. Have you ever heard of Rust?
3: That actually Have you ever yeah. heard of that, Ryan? Maybe oh, not. I haven't heard of it.
2: So it's a computer game and the so the point of the game, so keep in mind, I'm watching other people, typically young people. Yeah. I'm 35 years old, guys. Yep, I, I shouldn't be doing this. I have two jobs and a wife and a house and a mortgage, <laughs> and I'm watching children play games. Anyway, the game you start as a naked. They call you. They actually refer to it as a naked. So you you start out naked with a rock and like a torch.
3: Mm-hmm. You're just in the woods.
2: You're just in like whatever server. So sometimes it's like deserty. Sometimes it's oh, woods, I gotcha. mountain. Yep. And but there's like also like you know, telephone wires and airplanes. So it's like modern world, but I think like post-apocalyptic maybe Mm -hmm. because there's not like real society. Everyone's just out to fucking kill each other. Yeah. And so the whole point of it is to get more and more gear. And so like you'll, you'll uh, like hit a tree down and that is like scraps of wood. And from that you can make a shelter. And then from that you can take this furnace and burn the scraps of metal that you harvested and make a gun. And so anyway, like you keep building and building. And so, but the fucked up thing is if you're killed, then you start all the way over as a a naked again. Dude. So people are like (laughs) fucking freaking like Yeah, why would you
3: even start that game?
2: Flipping out. And and, and there's like clans of like, you know, a hundred Chinese hacker kids who will build these giant fucking bases and just straight up fucking raid 12-year-old, 15-year-old kids, steal all their shit. They call them grief. It sounds
4: like clash of clans. Is it like clash of clans? Sure. It's, that
2: sounds very similar. It yeah. It sounds, but I mean, dude, it is I, brutal. I brutal. Damn. It's kind of funny that though, too, because awesome. some of the guys like comedy, because they're, it's almost like what we're doing. They're doing a podcast, but while playing. Mm-hmm. So they're talking about what they're doing. And typically they like have a buddy or like five buddies even. And there's <laughs> just one guy that's like super legitimately funny. He's just going around fucking up little kids and he's like well into his 30s.
3: I think that's a great example of why, like that's a great example of a game that you would watch somebody else play because mm-hmm. I'm not trying to invest a bunch of time only to get beaten by like 12 nakeds. Yeah, I'm not doing it. And now I'm a naked again. <laughs> no. And I just lost 60 hours of my life or whatever. When
2: apparently this game right. is all about like your hours. Oh, I forgot a huge important thing. So when you run up to a stranger, you like you're looking face to face, but it's you know your character's face face. Yeah. And a little microphone icon will light up, so you can start talking to them. Right, right. So you can talk to a kid from yeah. Australia. And you're like, you know, uh, how many hours do you have? And the kid's like a hundred, and he's like, you know, before you know, it, he's got his fucking head cut off from his yeah. body. It's so fucked. It's so gross. <laughs> so wait, why are hours important? Can be-
3: Is that a currency of some kind?
2: Yeah, it's like a you know, veteran status. Oh, okay. Like if you have a thousand hours, then you're you've been doing it for a long time. And yeah. Which but then you start thinking about it, you're like, wait, so these people are playing like twelve hours a day. Yeah. They're doing so they're actually doing nothing in real life, but they're right. building this like base and their character. And all their friends, characters, and all their gear, and it matters. Like they have full on like rivalries and wars with people, mm-hmm. but all online. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're fat and dying, and they're poor. Like <laughs> for sure. Yeah, <laughs>
4: that's so weird. They're
3: addicts. Yeah, yep. man.
4: I, like I guess I all get dude, it. There, I mean, there's a lot to that, you know. I mean, oh, yeah, uh, A lot. I mean, to just it. like the dopamine hits and everything like that. I mean, dude, oh yes. Yeah. There's a lot of addiction with that stuff.
3: I remember being able to identify the exact moments I was getting hits of dopamine when uh, Mm -hmm. Call of Duty Modern Warfare came out. And every time you killed somebody and that yellow plus 10 would pop up. You're like, oh, fuck yeah. I can think about it right now and trick dopamine to get into my brain. I was with that with uh, Goldeneye
2: back in the day. Yep, same. Yeah.
4: yeah. And Doom. Doom. Yeah.
2: (laughs) See, like I... It's it's weird nowadays though because some of these people like the YouTuber Swit, or what do they call Twitch yeah Twitch, Twitch, Twitch the streamer yeah. kids, fucking grown men they're they're making like serious money doing this now oh yeah so oh, yeah. it's kind of hard to this. talk shit on those guys at least like they're actually at at work mm-hmm. like a lot of those guys who do this all day they're making more money than I make but what about everyone else like <laughs> the yeah. kids who are literally doing nothing. I don't
3: know. Well, I there's a know. lot of those. I think the That's niche, really weird. the niche like chunk of participants that I kind of like, I nerd out on when I think about this is yeah, you've got the like what's his name Ninja Ninja or Who, whatever. Like he's on the Conan O'Brien show yeah. and he's you know 500k for a for a major league gaming um, right you know championship or just an appearance or whatever. Cool multimillionaire. And then there's the guys that are sinking money into it and they're you know they're unable to pay their bills and all that. Right. But just think about even the guys that they have full-time jobs, but they're just able to make like 30 K a year. Oh, it's amazing. Just with this game. That's amazing. I think that, and that kind of ties full circle to what James was, was talking about earlier with, with how you guys are doing the whole band thing. You're not Mm a hundred percent all in and like ignoring other parts of your life. exactly. You kind of found like this harmony of like, I can still play music, do what I got to do. And the band doesn't suffer, yeah. but at the same time, I'm not suffering because I'm home uh, enough. I
2: almost think it's the best. Yeah. You guys have figured out yeah. the actual dream, at least for someone like me, because it was always yeah, the one I mean, thing that I, always bummed me out. I didn't want to be gone nine months out of the year. Yeah. I do want to, right? I do want the, all that.
4: Yeah, and and we we don't either, you know. And, and I think the for for us, you know, it's like we love the band stuff and we love doing music, but we also love you know, a ton of other stuff as well too. Right. So it's not, it was never like, you know, it, it was always like just trying to find a way to fit all of that stuff within our lives. And, you know, it's it's not perfect. It's it's always a work in progress um, and stuff is always changing and shifting. But, uh, you know, we're, we're still here and still trucking. So <laughs> something's working, I guess. <laughs> yeah,
3: absolutely. I mean, it's all about, yeah. you know, getting whatever you need out of life. I couldn't imagine never never playing music again. So if that means that I'm in a band that doesn't really tour or that tours very, very little and we get together a couple times a week, like that's ideal for me because all I need out of that is to be able to play music. So if I'm getting that, then cool. And I've always said that to a degree, the best part about me uh, being in a band previously that had been signed is I feel like I got it out of my system now. Like I can just kind of be like, got signed, wasn't super amazing. Didn't line my pockets with money. Um, but it was a goal of mine that I accomplished, and now it almost feels like my my chase for for music and my my overall agenda is much more pure. It's less. Yep. It's less. You know. Well, we got to do this to get here, and it's just like let's just play yeah. music. Yeah.
4: Totally. Yeah.
3: That was that was something
2: I started to notice about myself too. Was it became so like goal oriented. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just got, it got kind of crummy.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was a great way to fill my my early 20s, you know, oh, my late teens, early 20s. But yeah, now it's just uh, after I think doing that for so long and just essentially being broke the whole time, you're just like, I want a career. I want to be able to be grounded long enough to where I can get some sort of a savings account going or buy a house or buy a car. Mm-hmm. It's important because, I mean, I'm 32 and I think if I were still doing it like I mean, I know a lot of guys my age, some a little bit older that are still doing that dirty grind. And, oh, I know. uh, and it's tough. Like it's Ugh. cool because they're, they're going out and they're experiencing things and that's badass. but then, you know, they don't have a car they don't have, uh, right. you know, their own place. Or or they can't afford rent ever. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yes. And well, and that, and that's why so many bands, you know, break up, you know, years down the road or, or guys leave, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, uh, it's hard to maintain that lifestyle. And, you know, like if, you got to keep, you know, learning and growing and, and finding new shit. And, and, uh, you know, I think just people's goals change and stuff like that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's all, it's touring. That's
2: it. Yeah. That's it's touring. the hard part. Yeah. It's, touring. Yeah. it's always been yeah. if,
4: if, uh,
2: somehow the world could rotate to you, like, you know, yeah. Chicago could just come to you and you don't have to tour mm-hmm. it. That would be yeah. great but it'll never be. Yeah.
4: It's a, it's a love hate thing. You know, I mean, it's like a lot of times you're out there like in a van for six weeks or eight weeks and you're like, fuck, why am I still in this van? You know? And then, but then you have to check yourself and it's like, we're doing, you know, what most musicians like can only dream of doing, you
2: know? So 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 what are, what is the love hate for you? Like what's your favorite part about touring and what's the least favorite part about touring?
4: Uh, for me, like, my favorite part about touring is just, like, the actual show and just, you know, like, being able to to meet people and connect with people. Like, for me, the, the biggest trip is just, like, you know, having us write songs here and then having people, like, halfway around the re- the world, like, have a reaction to that Mm -hmm. and you know tell you like what that means to them like that's just such a trip and to to kind of you know have have that interaction with people um for me the, the the hate is the hate part of it is just like all the bullshit that goes into like you know the booking and the scheduling and the logistics and and everything like that but you know that's um that's just part of, that's the way it goes. You know, it's like you, you accept a level of pain with this stuff and like that's, we've just accepted it. And, uh, that's the way it is. (laughs) Yeah.
3: I like what you said about what you like about touring because it kind of, it put me at this point where I started thinking about experiencing the same thing. And I remember it was because, you know, writing an album is and, and every band does it differently. James and I have talked about that where, um, I have some buddies that are in bands where they write everything, and everybody around them just learns the parts. And then what I'm more used to is a more democratic process. But however you do it, it's a very—I um, don't know—it's a very like kind of isolating experience. It's you guys, it's the producer. You're grinding over the same things, and you're just you're getting it done. So when it does go to somebody else, and you play a show, and and kids come up to you and they talk about like, oh, the chorus of so and so—that's my favorite part—and blah blah blah. I always felt. It was always so surreal that it almost felt like to me they were uh, like plants. They were like they were like paid by the government to come and like tell me like it felt like the Truman Show. I was like, there's (laughs) no way like because it was just that surreal because you spend so much time doing it yourself that you think the first time they're going to hear it, even though the album's out, you think the first time they'll hear it is when you perform it live in their city. But they're at that show because they picked up the album or they they found it on Spotify and they're jamming it and some totally. some shit resonated with them. And it's always cool to see what resonates and what doesn't your favorite song on the record. No one talks about. And then the one you guys right. rushed is everybody's favorite. Yep. It is. I think that connection was, was probably my favorite part too.
4: Yeah. It's cool. Yeah.
3: James, how much did you guys tour? What band did you tour with the most?
2: Um, Probably the days, the nights. I oh, okay. Would say. Um, yeah. We never, I mean, we didn't tour like a lot, a lot. But yeah. enough to to get a vibe. I did a lot. I kind of started early, too. <clears throat> the band I played in when I was like 16, 17, you know, like we dropped out of high school to oh, go wow. on tour for two months. You know, we were opening uh, for a band called Shiner and Super Drag back in the day and like kind of 90s bands.
3: What was the connection to those bands? Because I'm assuming they basically booked everything and you just hopped on as the opener. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we- what connected you to them?
2: lying to them oh okay yeah we <laughs> so like our singer josh tim this was like pre-internet really um he made i don't even know how he contacted the singer of shiner and hum this other band called hum um and like whenever they would come to portland we'd throw really big shows with like 500 kids from Hillsboro. so like Stephanie oh, and i okay. would invite everyone we'd know and we actually legitimately would get these really big shows and so it just kind of impressed these bands um then we just kept in contact and like we'd stay at their houses in Kansas City, uh Champaign, Illinois, Nashville, like all around the country. And so I saw most of the US before I was eighteen. Um so I was really lucky that way. So I toured yeah. a lot as a kid and then kinda toured up until I was like twenty six with the days and nights. Oh, okay. But yeah, like the days and we never went out for more than three weeks, I'd say.
3: Oh, okay. So yeah. we never
2: did the long, like month or longer runs. Mm-hmm. you know, we never did like a full warp tour and shit like that.
3: Yeah. I don't know which one I like more if like the, cause sometimes it, for me, it would take like two weeks to get used to being yes. on the road. Yes, I agree. And then with the three week runs, you're kind of like, By I the got time one home, week left. Like,
2: fuck. I'm already like, yeah, you change, you start changing.
3: Yeah. But then I did It'd a couple, uh, I did a couple like nine week ones and I almost like would forget like i would forget where i live like i'd come back and i'd walk in and the house felt so I foreign know. or
4: you completely lose touch with you lose reality touch. it like is one of the trippiest things gone. ever yeah
2: dude Every i day had is Friday. i yeah. had a friend josh northcott yeah he used to he toured so much in the clarity process the band used to play i remember him. them yeah and they they toured a fuck ton back in the day um he would like <laughs> he would come home and he would sleep in the the band van outside his house. Oh,
3: yeah. I had some buddies like that. It
2: got so bad. That, <laughs> dude, like Bruce Springsteen, if you don't know anything Yikes. about him, he had to go to therapy for like a year straight because in the wow. 80s, he toured so much, like 11 months out of the year kind of shit. Yeah. That anytime he'd come home, whatever the fuck that meant. Yeah. Or like Metallica, who literally was on tour for one year straight. Yeah. Not, not kind of, not like breaks. Mm-hmm. I forgot what cycle that was, but yeah, they toured the world for one
4: year. Straight. I was Does Goldfinger still have the world record? Like, doesn't Goldfinger have like, yeah, it's something like that. John Fellman uh, Joe's yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I like, remember hearing this,
2: uh, yet? I- I'm, I'm sure there has been. Well, at I think point.
3: from what I remember, there's two separate records cause Metallica went for it, but the one they wanted was, uh, play every continent. But even that they yeah. were successful, but I don't even think they were. Yeah. Who was it? Was it,
2: it's some other metal band i want to say
3: i think so i, I want to say they they're, they're the fucking... second band to do it but then yeah there is the uh, i think i remember hearing that corn did like 367 shows in one year cuz there were a couple days they played two shows something like that it's yeah that's that's gnarly but i do remember hearing about goldfinger yeah. they were always in the conversation with that shit
2: yeah yeah
3: That is nuts. That's
2: crazy. I'm looking it up. Yeah,
3: I wasn't. uh, I didn't have. I didn't have the the post tour trauma as bad as uh, Northcutt, but I do remember that like sleeping in a bed that wasn't moving. That was that was really hard to get used to for like I'd say the first two or three weeks after I got home from tour because you get like Mm. the way that we had it was we had the bunk. We had like a 15 passenger van take one bench out. You make a bunk there, and I would always share the top bunk with our bassist. And uh, there were these little like uh, shitty van windows you could open in the back, mostly let exhaust right up through the window. I was just breathing that shit in the whole time. But you'd get little hits of like clean air. And then uh, (laughs) and then also uh, just the movement, the movement of the van. Oh, my God, I slept so fucking good. And since then, I need like three or four melatonin gummies to get that same effect.
4: Yeah. You guys had the worst van. Like, didn't you guys guys have like, wasn't there mold in it too? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so (laughs) check
3: this out. We got it for a deal, right? But really, of course you did. (laughs) Really what the deal was is they had black mold because it was in Hurricane Katrina. (laughs) Oh my God. And then just came out to us. The deal
4: was it's going to kill you. sure there's no no, lasting
3: effects from that. Dude, it was horrendous. (laughs) And the best part, the best part is that it, when something floods, the one thing you want to attack is any sort of carpeting. We just left the carpeting. We were like, oh, the carpet will soak up any extra mold.
2: Yeah, that's how that works.
3: <laughs> and that's just oh. not at all. So yeah, we'd come home sick as fuck. We would leave for tour, and before we got to the first date, we were all so sick. It's dying. We would just show up looking oh, like no. fucking, like just these oh, methed man. out, like pedophiles. Our hair's all fucked up. We're, we're all like hacking and wheezing, and we're just like, oh, this way to load in? All right. Okay, so according to
2: this article here, according to this article, Iron Maiden has the longest run. Iron Man spent 12 solid months on tour. So I thought that was Metallica. So maybe. wait, how
3: many shows in those 12 months? Does it um, say? No. Or is this, this is okay. So is it like a duration? Like how? Yeah. Maybe Goldfinger has the record for his
2: like consecutive shows. Right. And they, cause what does that mean? Are they saying Goldfinger literally played 305 shows back to back?
4: Some something like that. Like there, it 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 was more than three hundred and sixty-five. So there was there was there had to have been a handful of days where they did multiple shows that day.
3: Jeez, so, Jesus,
4: yeah, it was a lot. It was ridiculous.
3: Man. Ugh, I just want to barf. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's it all depends terrible. though. Like if they're you know shit. If I'm touring comfortably, I feel like maybe I could do that. But if yeah, you're doing it the way that I've done it, if you're in the fucking black mold mobile, then. No, I'm not trying to do 305 shows. I no. oh, yeah, I won't yeah, yeah. come back alive.
2: Oh yeah, I remember uh, doing the Warp Tour. We, you know, not a lot, but we did a few dates on the Warp Tour, and this one show in Pomona, California. You know, we play the fucking terrible slot at, like 11 a.m. or whatever the fuck. And uh, a buddy of mine who was really good friends with No Effects, <laughs> and he told me about his day with No Effects. Here's oh, how boy. their day went. They woke up. They went golfing all day at like a top resort. Then they went on a helicopter ride up and down the Southern California coast. They had delicious food, couple of cocktails. Then they play headlining, you know, the the biggest crowd possible at the at the tour, the festival. And then they go on their super expensive bus where someone else drives, and then they start the next show the next day. Dude. Our ours was a little different, just a tad different. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Fucking. <laughs> 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 Fucking carrying our gear through a polo field,
3: yeah, and it's like a hundred and fucking fifty degrees out. Always uh, hot, always dusty. Always warp dusty. tour was always at the always hot, always the dustiest section of every city.
4: Mm-hmm. It's this warp tour. Warp tour was always so much fun. <laughs> yeah, we literally like,
2: had a tractor go through the crowd as we were playing. Are you serious? Yeah, that is <laughs> legit.
3: Yeah, yeah. I don't. That doesn't sound like any of my touring days, man. I would often. uh I mean, I, I have specific little memories of like, uh, we were in, uh, New Mexico and I was trying to make uh, a peanut butter bagel in our, I had our, our trailer doors open and there was just like an F five tornado at that exact time. And as I'm trying to make it, the, trailer doors are slamming on my my body like on my legs and head yeah that sounds about right and then i like one of the bagels went face down into the like the dusty dirt and i had to like wipe it off that's food for the day yep yeah pretend that it was just crunchy peanut butter when really it was peanut butter and rocks there's a (laughs)
2: there's a space in between because we had a 15 passenger van with the four yeah the four row seats yeah and one of and we had to take out the two last rows to fit all of our gear in there and a trailer. Anyway, long story, but one of the seats we refer to as the coffin, and that's when we had to sleep in the van. So it'd be in between the two row seats on the ground. Oh yeah, and so you'd have to lay on your side very strategically and then not move. Yep. So like, Stephanie, Steph and you, step like push me down with his foot, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm good, I'm set. Good night, bro. Yeah. And you can't move. There's like Cheez-Its in your face and Taco oh, Bell wrappers uh, up your asshole. And Jesus. it's <laughs> fucking cool, man. So much fun.
4: That's insane. Do you yeah, guys man. in- We were in Canada, we were in Canada last December and uh this vehicle that we had, it just it broke down just all the time. All the time. We're driving the Thunder Bay and i think it it literally had to have been like 20 below zero out and we broke down on the side of the road and uh we couldn't get anyone to come tow us because we were kind of in like this it was like an rv slash bandwagon type thing the thing was just a monster it was a diesel vehicle (laughs) and um just the biggest piece of shit ever and we It got to the point where no one would come to us. We didn't know how the fuck we were going to get out of here. We had no heat in the vehicle. And luckily, some dude, um, like everyone in Canada is so nice. Like some guy just pulls over on the side of the road and he's like, hey, he's like, you guys look like you're having a little trouble there. What, you know, can I, can I help you? And and uh, we're like, well, are you a diesel mechanic? And he's like, actually, I am a diesel mechanic. Oh, my and God. And he, he luckily, like. He's he like throws oil in this thing and he gets it back on the road and it was just like it was brutal. I mean it it got to the point where we were just like, fuck, like what the fuck are we gonna do? Like yeah. literally oh. the middle of nowhere. It was it was crazy. Fuck. That. What's crazy is that I if don't that's I, I don't I,
3: I could be mistaken, but if it's like a proper uh like bandwagon or something, they they're like responsible for coming to get it too. Right. If you can't get it towed somewhere.
4: Well, see, and that's the thing. Like, it wasn't like a bandwagon vehicle. It was like, it was like bandwagon. Like we borrowed it from a, a dude here. Um, so it wasn't like bandwagon, the company. Oh, that okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. just like, it was kind of like a converted, like RV trailer. I don't even know what the fuck it was. It was, it was just, it was a piece of crap. But um, luckily we made it back alive. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's so crazy how like on tour, everyone's biggest problem is their shit breaking down. Like it feels like that is... Right. Yeah, It's the most common problem ever. It's the only problem we ever had.
4: Yeah. yeah. It's, course, it's super annoying. You know, and
3: then it kind of makes you wonder like what... You, you just... You need like the most baller mechanic in your band. And then, you know, you got to totally. have... You got to have money, too, because it's a mechanic can only do so much if you have catastrophic engine failure. You know, he may know how to fix it, but still going to cost if you're lucky four to five K. So did did you guys ever
2: have any car wrecks? Because that was always that became it started to become sort of like a thing for me. I kind of had like anxiety attacks when I get in the van. Yeah, because everyone around us was either getting in wrecks or we would almost get in a wreck like every week. I was like, yeah, good luck sleeping. Yeah. Fucking pouring rain out. You know, you're hydroplaning with a fucking trailer. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. not ever We never ever had anything like that. Really? Yeah. A yeah. lot cool. of The closest I thing know.
4: was like driving, driving back from Des Moines like during a tornado. So like we had oh. to park underneath uh, an overpass for about 45 minutes while oh this huge storm blew over us. Jeez. um that was probably like the closest thing but yeah luckily you know knock on wood we haven't had anything serious like
0: that happen
2: i mean there was that band what was the name of that band i want to say heart attack high but i know it's not that
3: ghost inside
0: ghost is
2: that inside, the yeah. band like ghost inside had like died. probably the
3: gnarliest one
2: yeah like yeah. a few people died or something right? i
3: don't know if anybody died but uh the the drummer lost a leg uh yeah are they couple- from here no, they so are... So there's a band
2: that was from here where, like, oh. someone died. Shit. I can't remember the name. It was, like, really, really bad wreck. Damn, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, it happens all the time. Like, Beezer yeah. was in a bad wreck. Deftones were in a bad wreck last year.
3: Oh, yeah, I remember back in the day, it was uh, the same strip of high- Highway that was fucking over a few bands. Specifically, Every Time I Die. I know it happened to Bleeding Through. It just gets, like, insanely windy and... Mm, uh, like,
2: um uh, yeah i know what you're talking about
3: yeah it's some like is it id4 east all the way out in the midwest it, it might be right i'm not sure
2: but Yeah, i know what you mean yeah. i think
3: the worst we ever had was uh we had a tire blowout i mean we were doing 65 and we had it's a lot of weight so yeah. it was uh it was crazy but yeah we didn't flip or anything we were incredibly lucky
2: now did you guys drive did you have a trailer ryan do you guys tour with a trailer Most of the time,
4: usually, yeah. That one in Canada, we did not have a trailer. We we were able to put all the gear in the back of the vehicle. But yeah, normally we we with a trailer. Yeah, Yeah. I prefer not having a trailer.
2: (laughs) I always thought it was a lot safer. Yeah,
3: dude. Yeah, fucking (laughs) backing up with (laughs) it, and even though it was a cool skill to learn, you know, to get good with that, but it is. There's a lot of places you can't fucking park. There's a lot of places you can't pull into. Oh, I
2: remember being. I don't know. 18 years old something like that uh, driving into Manhattan with a trailer and a 15 passenger van <laughs> uh-huh. I was a fucking child I had no business even being out of my house yeah and I try I was trying to back into a parallel park into somewhere in Manhattan I literally just stopped like nope not doing it just yeah, fucking yeah. gave up No, made the singer do it
3: Jesus
2: you know it's like what the fuck yeah <laughs> does anyone
3: do that yeah that is probably the I mean, worst no, no I mean, that's that's, that's got to be the worst place to uh, be in that situation
2: that was a fun trip though like we didn't get carded anywhere we went for some reason
3: jesus yeah when we were there the uh the headlining band their uh tour manager would drop them off they pulled everything out of the trailer and then we were behind them so as they were unloading i went up to and i go hey when they get all that out where are you parking mm. and, he, and he just looked at me and goes parking and he just yeah. like, and he just took off. Yeah, he's like. Good and luck, then kid. later, I found out that yeah, in New York. his only gig, because typically he would be their sound guy too. He would get out of the the van after they, he would park it after they've unloaded, and then he'd go be the sound guy. Yeah. But they had uh, their guitarists sort of set them up, and then they just had no live sound guy uh, because their tour manager was just driving in circles for five hours. Oh, cool. He's yeah. like, that's just what you can't park, so I'm just going to drive very slowly and try to. And just he just he him. did that. And I was just like, I don't even remember what we did, but we we parked somewhere. We did have a driver, so maybe he. I can't remember. I don't but, remember
2: now either. I think we had a friend or something, and they. they ended yeah, up like we followed them to a lot or something. But Do
3: you yeah. guys take anybody on the road, Ryan? Like, you guys have like a merch person or?
4: Yeah, um, we yeah we have a, a tour manager that comes with us. That's just one of our buddies. Um, so yeah, we we bring Alec with us, and then we usually bring someone to like shoot photos and videos and stuff like that right yeah, um, yeah. and then we bring like a front of house engineer so oh, okay we don't tour with a lot of people but you know usually two or three at least
3: yeah no that's healthy that's definitely healthy and you guys are still you guys do the van thing right have you have you done a bus yep. at all yet
4: no never done a bus no. yeah
3: we never did either
4: That'd be dope though. I would love to. You know, one of the one of these days, that'd be cool.
3: But. Yeah, I mean that's just a different thing.
2: Again, like the no yeah. effects story. Yeah, I mean, imagine going to a venue. Uh, you pull up in a, a a moving a rolling hotel. You you know you do the sound check or whatever, and then you go back to your hotel. That's what all those guys do. They check in in the morning to a hotel. Yeah, the crew goes back to the venue, sets it up. You show up for a quick sound check you either stay in the green room or you go back to the hotel or your bus, whatever is best for you. Like, like when we, we opened for Tom Morello's band yeah. called the street Sweepers social club at the time. And that's what he did. I we remember talking to him. He's like, he was telling us something, but the way that he was telling us, he was talking about being at the hotel the whole day. Jeez. You know, it's just like, that's a, that's a, that's a different fucking tour experience. Yeah. That's it totally that's, different. That's next level. You know, yeah. like when
4: you, yeah, I mean, that's, like, that's a, different experience you can you can <laughs> yeah. sustain that lifestyle a hell of a lot longer yeah yeah
2: <laughs> yeah you're making uh whatever the fuck they make on those kind of shows but anyway hey we should probably let this guy go okay he's a busy man yeah he's got a life cool. so um, awesome well thanks guys yeah, yeah absolutely so they uh throw the fight you guys have a single coming out on the 11th is that called yep, awakening right, right? yeah it's called awakening awakening yep mm-hmm. sweet yeah go check out that so by the time this episode is up that will be out so yeah yep, yep. to those awesome. listening you can go and get they now.
3: they are on instagram at throw the fight mn so you can check yep. them out give them a follow stay up to date fantastic thanks man
4: appreciate you being yeah, on thanks for having me guys appreciate definitely it. man have a
3: good rest of your night all right brother. Yep, you too talk all to you
2: right. later. later later bye That's how you come back strong. Yeah, get pumped. I always think of Dwight from The Office. Oh yeah, get, get himself hyped. Yeah, this is how he gets hyped for his sales. Is this a song that he uses? I think so. Good song, so badass.
3: It yeah, it works.
2: That beat for the for the verse, just all snare. Yeah. that's a ridiculous beat it's silly like who does the trick it does it for sure dude this shit gets me pumped pumped
3: yeah that chorus is perfect
2: they're a ridiculous band though yeah they are (laughs) pretty terrible Yep. but awesome like i'm so glad that bands like that exist
3: Yes, definitely. It's just it's the most like rock star era in music. <laughs> yeah, it's so over the top.
2: I'm just glad that that happened. Like we know that that was a thing.
3: Yeah. Do you know who Steel Panther is? Yep. Are you a fan? I think so. Yeah, I saw him uh, at the Crystal Ballroom a few years ago. Maybe. Dude, I think
2: they're so fucking funny. They like are great. All of it, but
3: when it's funny,
2: it's like some of the funniest shit to me ever. I think oh, one of the hardest so things good. in the
3: world is if somebody went, Hey, go write a funny song. Exactly. I and think that's they're, and way they're good at it. That's way harder than it seems. Yeah. And totally. By funny, I mean I need to be laughing throughout that song. I think yeah. that is very I mean, anybody could write a song about farts or whatever. Right, right, right. But to like have a theme and like, oh, and the song has to be solid and
2: that song community property we're just oh, talking about yeah. his dick is community property. Mm-hmm. It's that's that's fucking hilarious.
3: It's good shit. Or uh uh death to all but metal. Death to all but metal. Let's play a little bit here. Cause it's like legitimately
2: like spot on for those 80s hair metal. Yep.
0: Happy see-
4: oh happy to pay. <laughs> if suddenly
0: you were a guy, I'd be suddenly dead.
2: so spot on here comes the payoff
1: it's
2: ridiculous it's a grown man I
3: also I'm very down to uh, in terms of like words for a penis I'm down to get rid of cock yeah the first, it's the worst it's yeah it's the worst fucking word i guess that and prick
2: what's better like dong dong's terrible too schlong that's so like 90s yeah, long is like wayne's world or something yeah
3: yeah uh yeah it's very beavis and butthead yeah i'm not mad at dong i kind of like dong dong's pretty cool the, the problem with dong is it it makes it sound like it's huge too Right, Like, all right, dicks right, being right, dongs right. mean they're all huge. And they're, and they're, they're definitely wrong. not. Like, imagine a, a, a dick that's three inches hard, and you're like, look at my dong. It just doesn't work. You know what word grosses me out? It's always made me feel weird. Pussy. <laughs> it's not
2: a... I don't like it. It's a
3: rough word, dude. And
2: guys are so casual with it, man. Yeah. Ugh.
3: Yeah, like, I'll say dong around my mom. Jeez. I would never say pussy around Ugh. my mom. There's no way. God. You know, fu- this is fucking super TMI. And if she heard me say this, she'd be mortified. But she just like nonchalantly, like I cuss when I'm talking to my mom and I'm no. very, like we're very open, like verbally. And uh, she, I can't even remember what I was talking about, but she, she fucked me up for days and she doesn't even know it because I just, I just let it slide and I didn't say anything to her to, <laughs> to embarrass her. But we were talking about something and then she talked about, uh, she was talking about a girl blowing a guy, which that would be fine if she used those words. But instead she said, uh, something about giving head. (laughs) Like my mother said that. And I was like, Oh yeah, no, that's Uh, cool. So anyway, and I just had to breeze over that. Yeah. I was like, mom's getting too comfortable. Like not okay.
2: Right. Yeah. It's funny when you see your parents that way. Like, Oh, that's right. Yeah. You're, just like you're a scumbag too.
3: I know and it's it's immature of me to be like it was horrendous. I didn't eat for 2 days after that. Like it's Yeah. It's but you know, yeah, she's a person that's, you know, she did some scandalous shit and that's why I'm here.
2: Right, exactly. So, yeah. My parents are absolute scumbags. But
3: They're, at the same time, if I could never they hear they my mom hard, man. talk about even a like a she didn't even say she was doing it like we were referring to somebody. I can't once again cannot remember the context, but And she's like, oh yeah, and she's probably just giving head, and I'm like, oh god,
2: (laughs) Uh, mom, stop, mom,
3: pretty gross.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: All right, so news. Um, let's do it. Let's. Uh. Oh, by
2: the way, thanks to Ryan for being on the show. Absolutely. Yeah, I forgot to say that. Yep. I guess we said that as we closed out. But yeah, thanks again to that homeboy for being on.
3: I knew he'd be a solid guest. He's also one of those guests that like we totally have to have on again cuz I feel like we we yeah. sort of scratched the surface of what we could talk to him about.
2: Absolutely, he's a veteran.
3: Yeah, he's a very like plugged-in individual and we we have some things in common with him, some interests and shit, so Okay. Cool. We'll get it done again. Uh so I mean, by news, I guess. I mean, I got these uh these videos keyed up that I'm just gonna play, but uh, the first one is Ellen DeGeneres and Kevin Hart talk about Oscar debacle. So this mm-hmm. was kind of like this was behind us and over, and now it's kind of a thing that's been it's been resurfacing. So this should be, and I know very little about this too. So these videos are as much for me as anybody listening, but uh, this should kind of give us a, an idea of what the updates are.
0: Good morning. Now to this, we're talking about Kevin Hart. Remember he made headlines at the end of 2018, the comedian hosting the Oscars, then backing out over backlash over homophobic comments he made in old tweets. Well, today his exclusive interview talking about the controversy with Ellen DeGeneres airs right here on 11 Alive. Liza Lucas is at the bridge following this one closely. Sounds like Kevin Hart may have a change of heart, Liza. We will see. That is for sure. And we're monitoring it. But according to Ellen, she is throwing her support behind the comedian. She says, I believe in forgiveness. I believe in second chances. And I believe in Kevin Hart. And she is encouraging him to reclaim that position. In fact, in an interview, she says that she called the Academy and says there is support for him returning. Hart stepped down (laughs) from the job in mid-December just two days after being named as host, following an outcry over past homophobic tweets by the comedian, he stepped aside.
2: Hold on, that word. Hold yeah, on. Rewind up. It's a hum- hum- oh, hum- Jesus.
0: By the comedian. He stepped aside after initially refusing to apologize for those resurfaced tweets. Ellen's homophobic tweet. Oh,
3: there she, it was. Yeah, you Following had
0: an it. outcry of her past homophobic <laughs> tweets <laughs> by the comedian. <laughs>
3: homophobic. Ah. Homophobic tweets. Of just past homophobic hurt myself tweets
0: laughing. by the comedian. Following an outcry of her past homophobic oh tweets. Go my <laughs> by the one more
3: time. She, <laughs> she stops for a second and she goes, fuck it. Just say bic and let's be homophobic done with this Dick? word.
0: What did she say? Homophobic oh. tweets by the oh. comedian.
3: Oh, Homophobic.
1: <laughs> homophobic.
3: There's a tiny beat. So she says Bic on the up note. This is horrific, by the way. Like we're this is supposed I to be know. like a nice message that maybe there's redemption, and we're just picking apart this poor woman. Dude, that is fucking hilarious. Homophobic. Homophobic.
0: The past homophobic Bic tweets. Uh, by homophobic. The he stepped aside after initially refusing to apologize for those resurfaced tweets. Ellen now plans to air that interview again. You can watch today at 4 p.m. right here on 11 Alive. It was planned for Monday, but she says she's pushing it forward today. She says. You guys have to see this early and now. She said she had an incredible and honest conversation with him about hosting, and it's going to be airing again four o'clock today. Some people, however, not on board and not on the forgiveness train with Ellen. This one saying, "This ain't it, Ellen." And another one, you can see that meme saying, "Okay, nope, move on." But some people say, "Much love." I still think you should host the Oscars. So we will see. We'll continue to follow and keep you posted.
3: Okay, I don't care about. Yeah, what a dumb bitch. People tweeting. So, I mean, uh, not much of a story, you know?
2: Well, for those who don't remember, um, as they said in the video, but if you didn't gather, he had years ago,
3: like 2011. I think he was saying, yeah, it was eight or nine years.
2: Yeah, made a joke because he's a fucking comedian. Again, like last episode, we were talking about this stuff. Uh, believe it or not, comedians are going to tell jokes. You're not mm-hmm. always going to like them. He told a joke, and uh, yeah, people brought it up. Years years ago, or like what, like a month ago or something.
3: I think so. Yeah, it's it when his name started to surface in, in conjunction with the whole, uh, you know, as being a potential host, or he was even announced as I'm. He's going to be the he's host. He's Going to yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, people. So instead of letting a, an African American host the show, they they took him down. Yeah, they had to dig up some garbage, and I mean that's you know culturally that's that shouldn't be shocking that a Ugh. black comedian is being. Uh, homophobic homophobic homophobic. uh, with other you know because he was talking about how uh, you know he's he was calling Damon Wayans gay and like he was wearing this gay outfit or whatever like it's I don't know it's a it's a weird thing to hold people to current standards for previous actions yeah I think that's super weird fuck it's cheating you know
2: yeah where does that stop like
3: (laughs) This yeah, so I just can't imagine anybody legit being upset. And here, the, the Ellen thing is brilliant because his shit was homophobic. So, and yeah. her being homosexual, that's... Uh,
2: yeah, like the leader of it.
3: Yeah, that is, I mean, she is the face <laughs> the of... The leader of the homos. Yeah, she is the uh. general of the LGBT yeah, I mean, you. she took
2: so much shit in the 90s. Like, when she came out, yeah, that was such a big deal.
3: I know. Her, which I is so hear, crazy to think. I always hear these little things about her being a nightmare to work for, though.
2: Oh, I'm sure she is. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that, too. She's like alpha, you know. I mean, you don't get to where she is by being a breeze to be around. Yeah,
3: true. You've got to have some of that. Yeah. Some of that attacking kind of. you right. you've got to be a predator a little
2: totally. bit. Totally. Totally. You know. And she might even have an extra edge to her because she is a woman and she is gay and right. she's one of the first to come out, like all of that. But anyway, yeah, so she she defends her her buddy Kevin and, and goes to bat for him. I hope he does it. I hope he hosts.
3: That, I'm glad you With just said, said that because I was just about to say I hope he doesn't do it. Oh, really? Yeah, I I want him... to, to Like teach him a lesson kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, I sort of... It, it's a weird thing. That I, makes sense. I want the power to be... Because, I mean, he's he's in a position right now where he can just kind of be like, no, if you guys are going to play around like this, this is kind of how the world is right now. This whole, you know, hold me to current standards for previous actions. Yeah. Uh, ignore all of the things that I do. I, he's he's very charitable and mm-hmm. he's uh, he, he does a lot with his fame, um, I yeah. think in a positive sense. And for him just to they're digging up these these just insanely old uh, tweets. I, I would love to see him just kind of say, no, I'm good. I right. already made my decision. Yeah. I don't want to see him like. You snooze, you lose. Yeah, I don't want to see him flip-flop. I think that uh, well, I won't give a yeah. shit either way. It's not like I'll, I'll right. fucking hate him. Um, my opinion doesn't matter, but I just think it would be so baller for him just to be like, no, it's, it's good. We already decided. I'm not going to do it.
2: Yeah, I could totally see that. I know what you mean.
3: But who knows? I, I will say if he does
2: do it, I hope he does it the right way, which is to say that he doesn't apologize again. He doesn't yeah. make some big deal out of it.
3: Yeah, or maybe he does it and he goes full Ricky Gervais and he like brings yeah. it up and he makes bits about it. Right, exactly. Then I'm all. Oh for my it.
2: god, that'd be the best thing ever.
3: Yeah, I just feel like he'll be. He might do the opposite. He might kind of avoid that. But if he didn't, yeah. then yeah, I'm I'm all in on him doing it.
2: Well, we shall see. It's pretty soon. It's coming up. Yeah, I don't
3: even know when it is.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna look that up because I, I remember it being it like February. Or yeah, something? it's definitely a winter thing. Damn. Yeah. Oscars 2019 is February 24th, 2019. I mean, by now
3: they usually have someone booked for it. So the Golden Globes are what just happened, right? Yep. What's the difference between those and the Oscars? I don't fucking know. I think Golden
2: Globes... Okay, actually I do know. Golden Globes involves television as well. Okay. So the Tonys is just... Musicals. Musicals or play, just musicals maybe? Or just plays? Uh, yeah. Just, live live theater, whatever.
3: Yeah, it's only the stuff I don't watch it's Only I pay stuff attention that to. We, yeah. Yeah.
2: Emmys are just TV. Okay. And then the Golden Globes are, I think, both movie and TVs. Just more chance to jack themselves off. Yeah. And the Oscars is like one of the oldest ones, and that's just movies. Okay.
3: Yeah. So movies gets two. TV gets one.
2: Well, technically, TV gets two as well.
3: Oh, because of Tony's?
2: Because of Golden Globe and the Emmys.
3: Oh, yeah, Emmys. See, I just don't...
2: And then there's the Grammys, which is music, which, yeah, I don't know anyone that's watched the Grammys in the past 10 years. Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal to win. like, some of the guys I represent have been nominated this year, and it's a huge deal. It's a really big deal for their resume. Massive, yeah. It's Massive couldn't be more proud it's just like as an entertainment destination the show itself you know i don't know anyone that's ever really watched them
3: yeah there's been two years in a row where uh rise was going to submit something for uh like best packaging design mm. and they were albums that i had done oh wow you can win yeah you program? can get best like the year that the first year for me that's it ended dope. up going to uh bon Ver. i can't remember the name of the the album, but the layout Save is... that name again? Bon Iver. It's the one that I think most people say Bon Iver.
2: Oh, yeah. that's how you pronounce that guy?
3: That's how I've heard it pronounced, yeah, Bon Iver. The artist? Yeah.
2: Bon Iver?
3: Yeah, Bon oh, wow. Iver. Well, it's it's huh. technically, yeah, it's Bone Iver.
2: Oh, weird. I've never heard that. Interesting. Yeah. Well, how,
3: yeah. How did she say homophobic again?
2: Homa... Um, Damn it. Homa... Now I gotta go back, huh? Homophobic... Yeah, she went up again.
0: There is support for him returning. Hart stepped down from the job in mid-December just 2 Homo. days after being named as host following an outcry over past homophobic tweets <laughs> by comedian. Homophobic. Past homophobic tweets by
3: Homophobic.
2: Homophobic.
3: Is homophobic tweets? Homophobic. And then also uh UFC fighter Pauliana Viana uh yes. That would this. be Mugger. So in Brazil uh, some so dude good. tries to uh, to rob this uh, female UFC fighter and uh, he ends up paying for it. Uh, do you see the pictures? Yeah, I was just going to say, if you haven't seen the pictures, Ugh. just put in, honestly, you could so do gratifying. UFC fighter uh, and then would-be mugger, maybe, or UFC not, fighter, mugger, whatever. It'll not pop that up. this
2: really matters, because I kind of hate when guys do this. I'm about to do it, but
3: she's like really cute too. Oh, really?
2: Yeah, she's pretty attractive and it just makes it even better. That she's like this right. sweet, petite little girl that just whoop this fucking dude's ass.
3: That is legit. I got a little video here to
1: uh, cue it up. Listen up, because like Biggie Smalls, I've got a story to tell. And it starts off bad, but just follow me on it, okay? There is a young lady in Brazil, and her name's Pollyanna, and uh, she's sitting on a bench, just minding mm. her own business. She's looking at her cell phone like we all do. You sit on the bench, you look at your cell phone. And while Pollyanna was sitting on that bench, there was... A gentleman that went and sat down next to her and he just kind of sat a little too close and made her a little uncomfortable and Pollyanna just felt a certain way about it. So she took that cell phone she started to put it in her pocket. It was at that moment when the gentleman sitting next to her gestured to something that was shaped like a gun in his pocket and demanded that she hand over the cell phone. Now, you've chronicled before that you've been in similar situations and in that moment, you just don't know how to act. So what did Pollyanna do? She evaluated the thing that was shaped like a gun in the pocket, and she was like, I don't think that's a real gun. And so what did Pollyanna do? Little did this man who attempted to rob Pollyanna know Pollyanna is a professional MMA artist that fights in the UFC. So Pollyanna Mm -hmm. stood up, punched him in the face, kicked him in the face, and put him in a choke lock, and then called the authorities and held him in the lock until the authorities came. Now I just want to show you just a little example of the results of this incident that you can see here. On the left, obviously, is Pollyanna. On the right is the gentleman that attempted to rob her. Now there are a lot of lessons here. One thing I want to draw from this is, first of all, don't try to commit a crime because this is probably what you deserve. Second of all, for everyone out there that ever thinks about doing anything disrespectful or physical or anything to another human being, you cannot judge a book by its cover, especially in today's day and age when there are so many MMA gyms out there. It is so true. So if you think you're in a bar and someone disrespects you or steps on your feet or whatever, no matter how big or small they are, just remember, they could have what Pollyanna had in her in them. What was your takeaway from this story? Oh, I love it. I like this story. I'm glad it's something that Dana White shared. And now for... Yeah, that's right. Dana
3: shared it. Yeah, he was pumped. Consumption. Yeah, man, that is... Uh that's, that's real. So good. I look at his face and I'm wondering. I mean, that's got to be a lot of knees and elbows. I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, she fucked him up
3: because he had to go to the hospital. Otherwise, room. she's gonna she's gonna break her hands doing that amount of damage on his face. Right. Because he is fucking. He's grotesque. Yeah, I mean, he got straight up murked. Did you see his gun, by the way? I no, but I heard
2: that she Dude. she t- like touched it and noticed it was like a cardboard gun or something. Yeah,
3: it's horseshit. I have it in this. Uh... That's
2: why she knew that he wasn't for real. <laughs>
3: Here it is. Look at this thing. Oh my god Cardboard fucking He didn't even try No nah, Didn't even fucking try An eight year old Could do a better job Than that Look at that guy <laughs> His cheekbones <gasps> Are fucked His top lip oh. Is swollen As shit He's got like A massive overbite I guess when contusions she Contusions on his forehead
2: I guess when she Choked him out And like Said okay We're just gonna sit here And wait for the cops He said yes Please call the cops <laughs> I'm sure Yeah Because he
3: wanted help Yeah Oh, You're gonna fucking Kill me otherwise So good. Good for her. I mean, it's one thing to be beaten up, but it's another to be held down and controlled. Yeah. Like she must have, that's probably why she went so hard on that physicality early on is she needed to drain the life out of him so he couldn't fight back. Yep. And then uh, last story I have is, uh, we're going to end on a a positive note. It's um, Florida woman attacked elderly parents because they wouldn't take her to Outback Steakhouse. (laughs) so just off the top i gotta say i had a meal at outback one time and i think about that meal all the time really constantly yeah it was no it was kidding. Salt. i feel like outback is to steak as olive garden is to italian food like it's not it's not amazing but it's for sure not as bad as everybody says wait it is. so you
2: think about it in a good way yeah you reminisce yep no kidding
3: i think outback is above like applebee's
2: no kidding
3: applebee's and what else uh red robin no that's different i would say it's above red robin if you're just going like pound mm. for pound what i know there are different types of but yeah i think applebee's tgi fridays fucking But
2: outback uh, is like a steakhouse right so you're getting yeah. steak and potato and, yeah yeah
3: that's what i got too right i just got a fucking beautiful cut potatoes interesting. little side salad weird yeah it was so good anyway is it, is it all australian themed in there I don't think so. Like, there's no kangaroos or right. koalas. But uh, wait, so what did she do again? She attacked her elderly parents. <laughs> so this video should give us uh, some details.
4: You just sold your home and you didn't nope, even have to one. clean out the garage. That's don't bullshit. You love commercials.
3: I totally skipped this commercial. It knew. And then paused, and it was like, "That's cool." When you unpause, you're going to hear this fucking commercial again. They.
1: Well, we all have our favorite restaurants, but a Florida woman is accused of attacking her elderly parents because they wouldn't take her to Outback Steakhouse. Deputies say they responded to the home last Wednesday where 28-year-old she looks like the person Seltzer lives with her parents.
2: They say her father called 911 saying her, the daughter was armed with a knife. Apparently, she hit her mother in the chest and arms after being told no to going out to eat. Deputies say the father did manage to get the knife away. Seltzer was arrested and now faces multiple battery charges. So, what do you think—the mental health problems, drugs, white trashness? Yeah, I think it's. Above? uh,
3: Ironically enough, I think it's probably bad parenting. All oh, right. Because it, it doesn't all comes really comes around again. First of all, she hit her mom in the chest and arms. So that's either that's Hear either calculated. That like I'm not going to punch you in the face because yeah, I want some steak, but not enough to punch my mother in the face. Yeah. Or that's just a she was flailing around like women do sometimes and it was just this and you know, in a defensive position, her mother's now being hit in the chest and arms. Um
2: Yeah, it's like you you don't raise your kids, right? They're gonna come back and, and beat you up.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And then the you know, the whole grabbing a knife thing, that's a that could that could be psychosis or that could be uh symbolism. Like Just like when dudes in a movie, when they cock their gun, kind of like, yeah, I was holding a gun and that was scary, but now I've cocked it. I'm ready to go. Next step is I use it.
2: Especially when they cock guns, you don't need to cock.
3: That too. Yeah. It happens with shotguns a lot, dude. All the fucking time. It's so good. So annoying. Van Damme was the worst about that, dude. Watch that movie, Hard Target. Like, what is he doing? He cocks a shotgun 36 times, shoots it three times. (laughs) Yeah. It's insane. (laughs) Uh, So good. But anyway...
2: Uh, That's a cool one. What, uh, what state did it say? Did it say what state happened? I'm going
3: to let you guess, dude. It's the I state. Heard, I heard heard. F- you- someone guess Florida. Yeah. It's yep, the state where course. this shit happens all the time. Something. Florida
2: is just an armpit of America. Yeah.
3: What a piece of shit. I know. And you don't want to like, you don't want to keep shitting on. Because Florida is slowly becoming like the nickelback of states. Where it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's too fucking easy to keep shitting on it. So then it starts to feel hacky. I feel corny for doing it. Right,
2: but, but it doesn't make it not true.
3: Right. Florida's out here being like, dude, no, we deserve this. What's the Florida of Oregon? Gresham? Yeah, it'd be Gresham, I would think. Maybe well see I'd say Grants Pass, but you need it's not mm. populated enough. It's dirty enough and like yeah. weird and sketchy enough.
2: Grants Pass is pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, I remember thinking the same thing, like, who the fuck are these people?
3: I played a show in Grants Pass once, oy, oy, oy. and I remember when we booked the show, it had some name that just, it sounded like a venue, and I was like, crazy, I didn't know there were any venues out there, must be a new spot. No, it was a Halloween costume store, hmm. and we were playing in the back. Sure. They, like, cleaned out what was essentially a huge closet. They cleaned it out, and 17 kids showed up. It was a weird, Yeah. it was a weird moment, but yeah, Grants Pass, That's a place. There ain't dick out there.
2: There ain't dick. Is there any cool things happening in the world? We had a few.
3: I don't know. It's been kind of... Uh, it's been quiet.
2: Were those the only stories?
3: Yeah, that's okay. all I
2: had. Okay, okay, okay. Um, We could do my movie pick then. Okay, let's do it. So, I think this is an organic pick. This happened in real time, my friends. I had something... That was sort of picked earlier, but I really wasn't sold on it. I didn't really feel it, you know, didn't feel it in my, my dick. As I say, no one says that.
3: Uh, <laughs> I didn't feel my movie pick in my dick. I didn't
2: feel my movie pick in my dick. Um, but yeah, I, I think because we were talking about it and it went over so well earlier and it got me in the mood, the movie pick for the week is going to be Shawshank Redemption. It's a classic. Now I do have to point out we're doing an episode tomorrow. So technically, this is the movie pick of... Well, no, because the the episode tomorrow will be out the following week, right? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, so this will be officially movie pick of the week. Shawshank Redemption.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard all the evidence. I submit that this was not a... Hot-blooded crime of passion. Consider I haven't this. seen this in a while. I'm Alder. gonna go holds. watch the six It holds tight. up, dude. God, it's that is so good. It's it's Fires the good. gun empty. Music is good and too. And
2: stop to
1: reload. By the power vested in me by the state of Maine, I hereby order you to serve two life sentences back to back, one for each of your victims. So be it. Send you here for life. That's exactly what they take
0: I believe in two things Discipline Help me, John And the Bible Here you'll receive both
1: Andy came to
2: Shawshank Prison in 1947 So good How'd you do it? narrations, you ask? You gonna fit right in I must admit, I didn't think much of Andy The first time I laid eyes on him He had a quiet way about him A walk, a talk That just wasn't normal around here
3: there are places in the world that aren't made out of stone. There's something inside that they can't touch. What are you talking about?
2: Hope. Let me tell you something, my friend. Hope is a dangerous thing.
0: Damn it, dude,
1: friend, you're putting me to hide.
2: Hope can drive a man insane.
1: You better be sick or dead in there. I kid you
2: not. I better get used to that idea. Oh, my
1: holy God. Because it comes down to a simple choice, really. Get busy living, or get busy dying. Get busy living,
0: or get busy dying. That's true. That's damn right.
3: There it is, folks classic yeah it dude if you haven't seen that movie it is get your life together it's got to be at the top of the list of movies you need to see
2: i would agree i mean if there were a list that would be you know the top five of that list for sure
3: i'm glad we watched the trailer too because it made me realize one of my favorite things about that movie is they make prison look so fucking wholesome i know it just looks like a good old time good old time with your buds serving a little time for murder is
2: it uh is it
3: the 30s i want to say based in oh man 40s um, 30s it's
2: one of those two decades
3: <laughs> i right? remember he's he's got a poster in his oh yeah in his cell and it's some jazz singer in like when was like jazz was biggest in the 30s 40s um, no she was an war. actress i feel like oh was she an actress Something maybe that's like what that. it was but yeah anyway it's old timey old timey
2: yeah cuz when well it's old enough that when one of the guys – is it the – I don't want to ruin it. Well, I guess we talked about it earlier. The guy that kills himself. Oh, yeah. When he gets out of jail, or maybe it's Morgan Freeman's character, when he gets out, they, they see a bunch of cars driving around, and he, he had never seen a car.
3: Oh, shit. He talked That's about right.
2: seeing an automobile in the World's Fair one time. Mm-hmm. And that was prior to going to prison, and it had been however long it had been.
3: Yeah, he – I want to say
2: it's like he gets out in the '50s or something. Yeah, maybe even early '60s.
3: Yeah, it's it's old enough to where red can refer to Andy as a tall drink of water, and it's not gay. <laughs> 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 That's how old it is. Doesn't mean he wants to do him. Can you imagine if I referred I to any of my male friends as a tall drink of water? Sure couldn't. So tell me about Ryan. Uh, oh, he's in a band called uh, Throw the Fight. He's just a tall, tall drink, drink of water. Of water. You're like. Okay, so you guys are dating. So you're a (laughs) homophobic. Yeah, you're a homophobic. Homophobic. (laughs) Good
2: times, man. I think we did it, dude. Yeah, we got it done. I think we conquered. We got a great guest from a great band on a great night in a great country. It's true. In a great room with great friends. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) Uh, Got a really cool new tapestry for the wall. It's uh, Robert Kennedy (laughs) and John F. Kennedy with the White House in the middle of it. It's a tapestry I bought at an antique store. And I texted Alan asking permission to get it. And your response was amazing. You said something about like, oh, fuck yeah, JFK was an OG thug. Yeah. with With the emoji of the bag of money.
3: Yeah. So I was like, all right, dude, we're doing it. Yeah, I mean, as long as I can remember, my dad specifically has always, you know, when I was younger and I was like, what are you, dad, Democrat, Democrat, Republican, like when yeah. I knew what those were, And he would always say, uh, he would say, I'm a Democrat. And then he, there's always this pause and he go, I'm a Kennedy Democrat.
2: That's exactly what I would say. And I was
3: like, holy shit, what is, and then he, he would explain to me what that, because yep. it was, it was different. A they Democrat call was different. Way
2: then. different. They call it a, a blue dog Democrat. That's yeah. That's as close to what I am. Maybe like with a tinge of libertarianism. Yeah, yeah. Or, or something.
3: Yeah. I mean it's it's hard not to feel like that's the most balanced yeah. way to be nowadays. Especially Basically, with where we live.
2: It's like being a Democrat but not being a fucking pussy. Right. I'm a baby little leftist liberal crybaby. Yeah, not being you know? like
3: a like a, a backdoor creep kind of thing. Yeah. Because I feel is. like in a weird way, uh the the left is they're better at being creepy. Yeah. Even though I would identify more on that side than like the big money, right. red blooded right. right. You know, but Me too. I mean they they both have their issues, but I, I feel like, you know, perfect example of of the right being out and proud with it in terms of their creepiness is our fucking president. Yeah, exactly. You Unless know, you know what you're getting. Yeah. He does not care.
2: Where well, the the creepy left is like Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey and Yeah. God, or, Kevin
3: Spacey for sure. Or even like Clinton. Yeah. yeah. He's like just a fucking hornball oh. in the, in real life. Dude, that, that A&E Clinton documentary thing, that Clinton was next level. <laughs> oh, man. He was next <laughs> that level. That old dog. God Crazy. damn. Crazy. I thought that, and I might have already said this back when we talked <laughs> about it, but I was positive That he and Lewinsky just like hooked up a couple times. Me too. It was a two year. Me too. I love him so much. Love him. Full on
2: relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I
3: had no idea. Wife in the other room and we're doing this like fucking Uh, nuts. Multiple times. Like, yeah. Getting each other gifts. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy.
2: Oh my God. That
3: is crazy. That's more intimate than sex in a lot of ways. Totally. From the president of the United States, dude. Yeah. Like he had to think about her, well, to and get it, these gifts.
2: It also t- gives you like insight as to like how invincible he thought he was. Yeah, like yeah. bitches
3: ain't gonna do shit. Yeah, and they kind of didn't.
2: They didn't do shit. And he for still a long went
3: time. out. He like went out like a thug. Like getting yeah. impeached and shit. It's just kind of like he got impeached without actually getting
2: impeached. Yeah, they voted him to be impeached, and then I don't remember the details, but something happened where they like said it wasn't actually legal, so he wasn't ever actually impeached. Jeez. That's the James way of describing what happened. But that is sort of
3: what happened. Wild time back then.
2: Wild time, bro. Trump is uh, doing some thing today where he's like addressing the nation on the border security and the wall shit tonight.
3: So that's going to be fun. Yeah, what is there to address? Yeah. Probably just that everything's going tremendously and uh, everything's going to be huge and great. Huge. 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 Yeah. All right.
2: All right. Well, we're we're gonna do another hot pod tomorrow. Uh, homeboy Alan Ashcraft is out of town the following week, so we're gonna do two this week. So we got you covered for next week, guys.
3: Yep. Get an episode out. All set. Yeah. righty. Anything else? No. Just uh, follow me on Instagram at it came from the sky, uh, yes. or uh, my website. You can I think you can contact me through that. Just alanashcraft Fantastic. And yeah, go, go follow the guy. You can follow me
2: at James Ian MacMillan and at Stateside MGMT for all of your stateside management needs. Uh, as a reminder, I represent music producers and mix engineers. And uh, that's what we do. We connect bands with the producers. So that's what we do. And also, please uh, rate and review the show. Subscribe to the show. Tell your friends about the show. And as always, if you want to sponsor an episode, uh, get a hold of Alan or I, and we will set you up to do that. And as long as you're not, I think we've basically decided if you're not the KKK or what, what won't we support? Um, um, KKK. Homopho, what's, how does she say it? Ho- homophobic. Yeah, as long as you're not homophobic, um we'll probably support your stuff. Yeah.
3: And promote it. I mean, even if you are, but you're like tossing us some serious money.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's, we can fight this shit. I can look the other way. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's get out of here before we see anything worse. Yep. All right, love you guys. Say bye. Later.